0: As a parent, it's always important to constantly advocate for your child, not just
1: in the beginning of their educational journey, but throughout the course of the instruction. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm Gilda Evans, bringing you the Autism Resource Podcast. This podcast and the ARP website are your one-stop knowledge and resource base for autism and much more. I'm very happy to have Dr. Emily Levy as my guest today. Dr. Levy is the founder and director of EBL Coaching, a specialized tutoring program that offers individualized, one-on-one, home, virtual, and on-site instruction using research-based multisensory techniques. She is also the author of Strategies for Study Success and Flags and Stars Multisensory Math, currently used at schools nationwide. Dr. Levy holds a master's degree in special education, and a doctorate in education. Welcome, Emily, and thank you so much for taking time to join me today to discuss the work that you do.
0: Thank you for having me, and thank you for that very nice introduction.
1: Well, I'm very happy that you're here. And so to begin with, please describe the work that you do with students who have autism.
0: As you mentioned before, I'm the founder and director of EBL Coaching where we specialize in providing one-on-one tutoring to special education students. And a big part of the population that we work with is students who have autism. We work with kids as young as the preschool level, and we go all the way up through grade 12 and some adults as well. So we do a lot of work helping students who have autism to develop their core
1: academic skills, reading, spelling, writing, and math. What kind of academic challenges do you often see with these students? And what are some of the best approaches you found that work well to support them in school? pattern that we tend to see fairly
0: often is that many students who have autism are often fairly good at the mechanical aspect of reading, meaning decoding words, spelling words, skills that are a little bit more black and white. But then when it comes to higher level comprehension, synthesizing the main idea, creating a summary, making an inference, drawing conclusions, abstract language, That's when we really run into a big challenge. So a big part of what we do with many students who have autism is really working on those higher level language and higher level comprehension skills, along with writing and some other related skills. But that's really a pattern that we tend to see fairly often.
1: Can you give me an example of some of the exercises or some of the approaches that you would use for a student having those kinds of difficulties?
0: Well, we find in general that using a multi-sensory approach tends to be very helpful for students with autism. One example, though, of a strategy that is helpful for building those comprehension skills is our tricolored highlighting strategy. And this strategy really helps students to become more active readers and really helps them to build those higher level comprehension skills. And the way it works is that we teach students that when we read a passage, there's three elements that we should look for. The first one is the topic, which is what really what the the passage is about. And that's typically one or two words. And we highlight that in blue. Then the main idea is what the author is saying about the topic. And we learn to highlight that in green. And then we talk about important details and learn to highlight those in yellow. We also go into what is a salient important detail versus just a regular detail that might not be that important. So again, we're helping them to become active readers. And then once they've done that, we work on, well, now that I've highlighted this information and I have an understanding of the text, how can I take it to the next level? How can I write a summary in my own words of what I just read? How can I draw some conclusions about the characters in the story or about the plot or the setting? So really taking that information and then carrying it over to the next level.
1: All right. So then what are some things that parents can do to help support their autistic child, improve their performance if they're struggling in school?
0: Well, I think taking uh, strategies like what I've described and trying to apply them at home is really helpful. So for example, if their child is reading a book or a newspaper article or a passage, We want to make sure that they're not just reading it for the sake of reading, but that they're reading it with the idea and the purpose of understanding the material. So what they might want to do is stop them periodically and have a discussion about what they read. If it's a newspaper article, they might stop them after three or four lines and take tell me what you read about. What are your thoughts? What kind of conclusions can we draw from what you read? And then continue to go through the article that way. And then maybe have an, another discussion once they're done reading. Same thing is true with reading a novel. Stop them after each chapter and have a discussion. What did they read about? What were the characters like? What can we gain from this? What can we infer? And what kind of conclusions can we draw? So really asking a lot
1: of questions to help them become more of an active reader. So you help students both virtually and in person. So are your clients nationwide or are they global? How far is your reach? We
0: do help many students virtually now. And that's something that's been very exciting. It's grown a lot since COVID, but really even a bit before COVID, And yes, it allows us to expand beyond just our local New York, New Jersey area. And we are now helping students nationally as well as internationally. And it's been such a wonderful way to help so many different kinds of kids and many kids who live in geographic areas where they might not have access to the resource of an
1: in-person tutor. Tell me a little bit about your background and what led you to create these programs, I'm very curious. Well, I actually grew up in the field of special education. My mother started a school for
0: special education students in South Florida, which is where I'm from and where I grew up. So I really spent so much of my childhood working at her school, being trained in different methods, shadowing teachers, learning from teachers. And in a way, I I say it's almost in my blood a little bit. However, after I went to college, I went to Brown. I decided that I wanted to carve my own path and did finance for two years, which was a great learning experience. I actually still use a lot of the knowledge that I learned from those few years in finance. But I quickly realized that that wasn't my passion. It wasn't my calling. And I was living in New York City at the time. And decided during my second year of finance to start tutoring students myself, to leverage those skills that I had gained from growing up in the field. And I was literally working 8.30 to 5.30 at a finance job and then running around all parts of Manhattan working with kids who had dyslexia, ADHD, autism, executive functioning challenges, really all types of difficulties. Until I realized I couldn't do both at the same time, loved working with these kids. I saw a real vision for the need for more and more people to help these students because there were so many challenges that I sort of took the leap, left my job in finance, and then just organically started to bring on more and more tutors who specialize in different skill areas and different ages and eventually formed what is now EBL Coaching. So it's been an an interesting journey. And of course, along the way, I did end up getting my master's degree in special education, as you mentioned, along with my doctorate in education.
1: Now, you said different topics, different skills. Can you give me an example of the different topics and skills that you address, that you teach these students?
0: Definitely. Well, we have an amazing team of instructors And many of them have their own specialties, meaning we have math specialists that just specialize in helping students with math word problems, math computation, math facts, We have amazing reading specialists. Some of them specialize in early childhood. Some specialize in working with older students. We have executive functioning specialists on board that help students build those key executive functioning strategies. In general, as a whole, we help students with all core academic skills, reading, spelling, writing, math. And then we do a lot of work with
1: study skills, organizational skills, executive functioning skills. So that's a big part of what we do as well. Okay, now the... $1 million question, as they say. (laughs) How do people pay for your services? What about families that might not be able to afford them? Are there scholarships? Are there ways that they can obtain this service via, let's say, the support system that might exist in their particular state? How does that work? Sure. Well, it's really a combination. Some families do pay
0: privately. Whenever possible, we do try to work with families who have limited financial means to help them afford it so that we can really help their child. And then in the New York City area, we do have many kids that receive funding from the New York City Department of Education to pay for the tutoring. And of course, there are other departments of education out there that may be a possible resource where families can utilize that to potentially pay for the tutoring.
1: Yeah, there are a lot of different systems in different states. For example, I'm in California, and there's the regional center system that is funded through the state where a client of that system could access funding, especially through self-determination access that that type of funding to be able to help them. So yeah, I think it's a good idea. It's nice to know that you do work with the individual systems in various states and that you're open and willing to do that because that does open up the door for, I'm sure, a lot more families. Absolutely. And there are so many families that just don't have the means to pay privately. So
0: anything we could do to help advocate for them and help them secure the funding, we're always happy to do.
1: Then tell me, what do you think is the most important takeaway for families to remember from this discussion? And how can our listeners find you if they want to know more? I think
0: as a parent, it's always important to constantly advocate for your child, not just in the beginning of their educational journey, but throughout the course of the instruction. As we all know, needs change and evolve and the academic demands of school continue to change. So constantly evaluating how your child is doing, what you can do at home, what kind of resources you can seek outside of home is really part of that ongoing journey. And again, we're always happy to help families with that journey, with that process whenever possible. in terms of how to reach us, the best bet really is our website, which is www.academy.com. E-B-L com That's E like Edward, E like boy, L like Larry, the word coaching, dot com Or they can email us anytime
1: at info at E-B-L All right. Very good. Well, thank you so much, Emily, for your time and for sharing some really great information with us today. Thank you again for having me. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast. You can find it on Apple iTunes, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other popular platforms. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can always access us and other great resources on our website, autismresourcepodcast.com. I want to thank our listeners for spending part of their day with us. This is the Autism Resource Podcast, and I'm Gilda Evans, reminding you to take care of yourself, and that special person in your life.